ask and then just you ramble on about it. It's <laughs> gonna be a shit show. Yeah. So, how many, uh, how many people who actually like lift do the lifts like properly? Because like obviously there's like uh, like everyone at some point in their life goes to the gym like works out. It's just part of life at this point. January first yeah. in the gym, right? But it's July. I mean, I'm July first. July first. New year, new me. New year, new me in the gym. Half a year is gone. The next half, it's gonna be all mine. Yeah. But there's a lot of. Like, people, like, obviously, they use the internet to find, you know, programs and workouts mm-hmm. and, you know, look at videos on Instagram and stuff like that. To, like, they see how the lift is done, but do they actually know, like, how to do the lift in the gym? So I'm just trying to, like, what percentage of people actually do a lift properly? Unless, like, just, like... Like, total population, like, world population. World population. 5%. Five percent, because I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot more complexity to just benching than just flopping on the bench and throwing weight up. Well, you can always pose the question that way. You could say, from, even just from our. I already day. have posed the question. Oh, we're actually recording this. This is the, I haven't stopped recording this. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is all usable. Um, it depends on how you want to pose it. If you want to pose it like within powerlifting, within our gym, within the world, I have no fucking clue. I, uh, let's let's pose it within our the you know the world we know best, powerlifting. I would assume that. I I was reading this thing. All right, now this is gonna be weird. I'm, it's gonna be full circle. Trust okay. me. Okay. Right. I was reading this thing about how, um, as we sort of buy into uh, sort of major league athletics, um, we sort of push, the envelope on having people who are built specifically for that sport like the reason why the average height of the nba is like six seven is because the more you know taller people we got the more people tuned in they're like oh we need more people who are six seven and it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger right so i'm assuming same things happen for like powerlifting where not necessarily people are bench pressing like when you open up the powerlifting dictionary bench press is supposed to be done but like manipulating the sort genetic of like rules and their genetic like their sort of uh proportions to have like a bigger bench so now it's sort of that's where i'm getting the question like how many people actually like bench press like it was supposed to be bench press versus they manipulated the rules and stuff like that to bench huge numbers because that's what the competition asked for because originally, like yeah. back to basketball, yeah. the three point line wasn't there. Right. It's just the fact that people can start launching them from farther away. They're like, yeah, let's put extra points. Why not? Right. Well, this is, this is gonna be a weird one. Is, <laughs> like, if you, I, you you could take that a million different ways. I know. You could take that as if like there's clearly no money in powerlifting, so like well, no, no one's gonna be like, oh shit, that kid should be a powerlifter when he's growing up. <laughs> that definitely doesn't happen, but if the kid's right, if I mean, this kid's like six feet tall in middle school, like he might be a good basketball player eventually. I mean, powerlifting's sort of... Well, not in America, at least. I mean, maybe like 
maybe with like Chinese weightlifting or like something where they have like an established like youth yeah. like uh, academy and like actually like push people into sports that early but it's not any strength sport in America at least but I think if, if you're if you're talking about the exercise like I mean my argument would be that the right way to do it is the right way for you so there's no inherently right or wrong way for each person um, there's certain things that we're looking for in each lift um, but there was an Instagram post the other day uh, I think from maybe the strength athlete that was like you know yeah we're looking generally like you know for these specific things at each lift but then you get someone who doesn't do any of that and is like the world record holder and you're like well we're teaching all of this stuff and they're doing it very differently so which is the right way and I think the argument there is like well that's the right way for that person and they might be genetically gifted they might have worked for it uh, harder than someone else but that doesn't mean that the way they do it is going to carry over to the way um, you or I should do it so I think that depends um, on the person so I mean I think if I'm understanding what you're asking is like I mean like basically as long as you're following the rules of the sport mm-hmm. after that it kind of doesn't matter as long as you're um, following the rules and putting yourself in a position to succeed where you're not going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, if you're doing something that might injure you, then that probably, even if your performance is that good, it might be bad because in the long run you're not going to be able to. But in the short term, it's fine, I guess. But like I said, if you're under the rules of your sport and you can perform and it works for you, then that's probably the best way to do it. So the right way to do it. If that, if I'm no, no, that makes sense. Getting your question right. Um, like the, like the argument of like a flat back bench to a, to an arch back bench. Like I can't arch for crap. So like, you know, me getting into a huge arch isn't really going to matter. Like for a lot of people, yes, their arch can help shorten the range of motion, which can help you lift more weight because you're taking some stress off the shoulders, but I can't arch that well. So me trying to arch just makes my back cramp like crazy and it's not helping me a ton because I can't do it. So in that regard, me just being more of a flat pack venture is going to have a better carryover for me. Um, but on someone who can arch and it works for them, then I would say, go ahead. Like as long as they're button header down, then it's following the rules. So do you think powerlifting as a sport is sort of pushing individuals who have those extreme, uh, leverages? as more so than just people being super strong um maybe to a point like i think you're seeing some people with the they have those leverages at a higher level but that doesn't i don't for the most part they're probably not at the highest level um you know lets them get to a higher level more quickly maybe because they can get into positions that other people can't do so maybe like I said maybe they can shorten the range of motion a lot on bench or maybe they can go with a really wide stance on squat and be able to hit depth uh, without hip injury um, or like a toes to bar sumo that can shorten the range of motion even more um, but that doesn't mean just by nature of those leverages that you're suddenly going to be better at those lifts you just there's people that are definitely mobile enough to do those but they still need to have the strength to lift the bar so it's the combination of both. So no, it's I don't. I'm not really overly worried about the leverages. I mean, they help a little bit, but 
get so, get strong. I'm more worried about getting stronger. Would you purposefully not purposefully, but would you train tell someone like who's in training be like, hey, ease up on the arch or you know do it like I know we do a lot of uh, a lot of people who do conventional uh, deadlifts do sumo block bowls and vice versa. Is that something you would do for other lifts as well? Just to like be like, we need to build up that strength in those mm-hmm. other areas. Yeah, if we, if, I mean, someone who's got using the bench as an example, someone who's got a really big arch, um, I like to give you know like floor press or feet up bench press or something like that, where we take the arch completely out of it to just work on the pressing musculature instead of instead of letting the arch take over and just hope hoping that we can maintain that arch under heavy weight and be able to lock it out. Um, I'd rather get prepared with longer range of motion movements. Um, still train the comp movement with the big, with the big arch, obviously, but like on secondary movements, we'll flatten out, um, work on, like I said, a longer range of motion where we can build up the musculature more in case something bad happens on meet day where they can, they need to get out of that because maybe they don't maintain their arch as much, um, or they just need to be just need to be stronger to press out the weight. So, yeah, um, yeah like you said with sumo, like you know, we'll do our conventional pullers. We'll often pull sumo off of blocks. I'm not as worried about pulling from the floor sumo, but that way get some more hip work in. Our sumo pullers will pretty much always pull conventional, work on their back strength. Um, and it's a much longer range of motion usually. Um, Squatting, uh, I like to throw in some wider, wider squats to work on hip strength. But uh, every once in a while, we'll throw in the narrower stuff to work on just you know narrow bar, high stance, getting a long range of motion, bringing the weight down a little bit, working on different movement patterns. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not going to live by the leverages. I'm going to live by getting stronger and let the leverages help. What if you saw an athlete who had like cool leverages and you're all like you know what we can really have you ever just used that and like be like hey you can really arch your back like if we want to make it like the extra two and a half kilos like let's go for it let's do it um i mean like i said i won't try to dissuade them from using it but i'm not gonna like and we're still gonna work on mobility of getting into positioning and things like that and different strength positions but I'm not as worried about, like, if you set up on sumo and, and your toes are four inches from the bar, that I'm not as worried about getting your toe or to the plate. I'm not worried about getting your toes to the plate. I'm just worried about taking that position and getting stronger. Okay. Um, so I'm not as likely to screw around with leverages to get stronger. I'm more likely just to work on getting stronger. Um, using, like, low bar is a good example. Like, I have lifters that all the time are like, when should I go low bar? Well, when do you want to try it? Like, I don't switch you over to low bar until you're ready to try it. Um, I don't have people, you know, most coaches will be like, okay, let's go low bar right away because you're going to lift more weight. If you're comfortable with high bar, then do high bar. And then eventually, if, you know, high bar starts to stall out, then maybe we can switch to low bar then and see if we can get some more out of it there. But at the end of the day, powerlifting is still lifting more weight, so getting stronger is more important. So I'd rather get stronger first and build the leverage a second than vice versa. Brian, do you have anything, else? Do you have anything to add? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, what it just—I've been pulling conventional for since I started with you, and that was like five, six years ago. 
and I just switched to sumo. And I think it's a better leverage, but we just, like, it's not like training conventional for years didn't, isn't no. going to aid to me pulling yeah. sumo heavier. So even getting stronger in the positions, even if you had someone who, like, you find is, like, oh shit, like, low bar is a way better leverage for you, but we spent the first three years building your high bar squat that's going to transfer over anyway. So it's just the idea of getting stronger um, and then taking advantage of leverage after. But, yeah, I'd agree. Yes, yeah. that's basically <laughs> <In> short. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, more often than not, uh, I mean, I don't know. Have you have you had like an athlete that came in, and you're all like, "Hey, like you're not you're not a sumo puller. You're a conventional puller. We need to switch." Or you know. You know oh yeah. You know? I mean, I think, I think with the growth of the sport, and especially like through social media with Instagram and everything, is that you see more and more people that can get into crazy arches or chose to bar sumo or can squat with a super wide stance and still hit depth. So I think more and more people are trying it, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think a lot of people, especially when they start lifting, like we'll start with, is like for squat, we'll start with a relatively narrow stance because it feels more comfortable, even though over time a wider stance is probably going to be stronger, probably going to be better leverage, uh, so more beneficial lift, more weight. Um, but you might not be ready for it. You might need to build up a lot of that musculature first. So like maybe your hips aren't ready for it and doing that right now is just going to screw you up more. Um, so yeah, we've had people come in and I'm like, okay, like, you know, you, you're definitely not sumo. You got to move your, like, we, let's go conventional for a while, build up some strength um, and maybe work on your hips to get out there. Um, or same thing, like, you know, someone who's trying to squat wider stance, but can't hit depth. Like that might be the stronger position, but if you're not hitting depth, who cares? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll like, we'll definitely do that. I mean, I really, I don't think I've done it with anyone with benching to be like, okay, arch less. Um, but we've definitely, you know, like as Brian just said, like just, you know, he just switched from conventional sumo. Um, we've tried several people like trying opposite stance deadlift to see if that's the better one. Um, more often than not, it's not the better one. Um, there's a reason why you're doing the other one in the first place, probably. But it does at least show us some weaknesses. Um, so would you use the opposite stance as like a tool? Be like, all right, why don't you try the other way? Let's see where you're failing or like what you're doing. Yeah. Like, okay. um, I said, like, I, I love to use the sumo block bowls for conventional players that like work on hip strength, uh, a little bit more lockout stuff. And then conventional for sumo players work on back strength, um, which I think has a huge impact on their positioning off the floor for sumo and their positioning in their squats so someone who maybe pulls sumo all the time maybe their back strength is lacking so we need to bring that up a little bit to help positioning um like i said we'll do that a lot like I, I, my goal is to kind of take anything that you're weak at and hopefully at least strengthen it if not make it actually strong at least make make it stronger um so our weak points become less and less um you know I, i'd love to get people out i think I think by nature people will go with a narrowish stance on squat because it feels more comfortable. But over time, that little bit—I'm not saying it's got to be all the way out, you know, like box squat style squats. But getting wider would probably let you lift a little bit more weight. Um, but it'd be harder to hit depth. It'd be a little bit harder to hit depth, um, and it's you're probably going to end up leaning a little bit more forward depending on your positioning. Um, but I think you need to try things like you know, low bar generally is the better lift for most people, but not always, you know, some people are still going to be better high bar, like your leverages and your uh, anatomy is going to change things. So 
just because everyone else is doing it like doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You've got to try and see. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I love like watching at the world level. You've got people that are winning with, you know, super wide squat stances and some with super narrow stances and um, close grip benches. You know, people that are benching insane weights with narrow grips. And then you've got people on the complete opposite end that are completely as wide as they can be and touching up, you know, on, on, high up on their chest like a bodybuilder. And people tell them that's wrong, yet, you know, they're benching world record weights. Um, so I think you just have to try everything and see what works the best for you. I'm saying the same thing over and over. Just yeah. try what works for you, really. I mean, uh, does does any of that change? Because, I mean, I've, at least I've seen right now in uh, the gym, a lot of people are, like, trying equipped lifting, right? Which is a whole other beast in itself. So at that <clears throat> point, it's like there are certain things that you have to do properly for it to, like, work successfully. Um like what have you what have you seen that like hey you have to like re teach people during lifts like that? Yeah, it's I mean it, I think especially so we've got a few of the women at the gym that have been trying benchers lately a lot more. Um, it's a different technique. It makes you focus on your technique. I think a little bit more um, with raw lifting. You can kind of just brute strength it sometimes, um, but equipped if you're out of the groove you might not even touch your chest or if you do you might eat the bar um so we have to make sure the technique's a little bit more dialed in which i think will then have a carryover to raw lifting because you'll think about your technique more for raw um i also think for raw lifting it helps because now you're you're getting used to carrying or holding heavier weights um using kate as an example like you know kate was kate went into the last meet benched i think 192 Two one eighty seven one eighty two. I forget what it was, um, which is up a decent amount from like the same time last year. She just started training in the shirt roughly once a week, maybe five six weeks ago, um, and she just hit two hundred raw uh, like ten days ago, um, fairly easy. So that, I mean that was a pretty big PR in a very short time frame, and I think. Being in the shirt has helped her just focus on the technique a little bit more and just get, you know, 200 didn't feel heavy to her since she's been benching 240 in the shirt. So what's, you know, 200, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, and it's not like a slingshot, like we talked about that, like some people are like, oh, it's like a slingshot. Like, no, a slingshot you can put on and bench press 5 to 10% more weight, like in seconds. Like the shirt, I, I like when people put on it for the first time and think it's going to be like the slingshot and then go to touch their chest and they can't even come close and they don't understand um it's a different thing so i think it's a different skill um i think it definitely has some carryover um i wish more people would try it should G i try it go for it <laughs> i'm very weak i don't think i can try it yet it's very painful it's, it's nice but it's painful like life <laughs> <laughs>